However, in scripture, prayer is supposed to be central to a ministry. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson, and my guest today is someone who is committed to prayer and the church. Jonathan Graff of the Church Prayer Leaders Network in Terre Haute, Indiana. He's president of the network and publisher of Prayer Connect magazine. John, we welcome you to Charisma Connection. Thanks, Chris. I'm excited to be able to have this opportunity to meet and uh, share with your listeners. Absolutely. Well, we're so glad you're here because these are such important things and, and critical to the church and to every Christian. How, how do you, in this organization, support the church through prayer? Well, primarily, uh, we're a ministry that tries to come alongside local churches and pastors, and the, uh, many churches have a recognized prayer leader that part of their role is to, or their full role maybe, to oversee the prayer growth, the prayer mobilization, uh, in the church, maybe they're a person who leads a prayer team, uh, something like that. And, and what we try to do is inspire them, challenge them, and equip them uh, in their role to disciple people in prayer, uh, to help their church make prayer more foundational to the ministry, and, and, and really to develop a culture of prayer that permeates a church. Excellent. Well, I remember growing up in a church that had, you know, your typical Wednesday night prayer meetings. Um, have those gone by the wayside, or are churches still doing that in large part? Uh, I would say in most churches, uh, they have either gone by the wayside, or there's just a small uh, remnant that's probably primarily focused on just praying for the list, the needs of people uh, in the church. And uh, however, in Scripture, prayer is supposed to be central to a ministry. And so really what we do, there are some churches that have very successful midweek prayer times. But if they are successful, there are typically uh, two factors to them. One is that they have very significant worship woven into them that that's a part of it. It's not just people sitting around in a room with a list in front of them praying through it, but it's, it's kind of a leader-led, uh, worship-based prayer time. Uh, and the focus of prayer is, is typically not just the individual needs of the people that are there. It's not the agenda of the people there, but it's, it's focused outwardly. Uh, on lost people, on the movement of the Spirit of God in the midst of the church, and some of those much more dynamic kingdom uh, types of things. But our role is trying to help churches move into that type of a, of a prayer time. Uh, but one of the things I found, uh, Chris, is that, that uh, in this day and age, if a church doesn't have already a midweek prayer time that people are used to going to, even if it's not that well attended yet, uh, it, is, it is very hard to start a midweek prayer time, you know, because people say, oh, not another thing and so forth. So one of the things that we 
challenge our churches to do and, and strategize with them in doing is if people won't come to the prayer meeting, take the prayer meeting to the people. And uh, what churches are doing is making uh, regular times, and it may not be every week, but regular times in morning worship services where there are, uh, there's a section, uh, maybe it's a five-minute section that's, that's uh, on a dynamic uh, corporate prayer thing that teaches people uh, to pray beyond needs and, and so forth. And, and so that's kind of where we're having a, seeing a, a lot of success in churches to begin to grow prayer. Right. And you're not saying that those needs are unimportant, that intercession oh. is unimportant, but you're saying uh, sort of like come up higher with a different perspective and a broader perspective. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I think in some ways, particularly in the Western world, we have uh, the reason why per, the needs thing happens is that I think many, many people, like a child that a parent's teaching to pray, the first thing, they, they can only pray what they know. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so a parent may, so they start to pray for, you know, their, their parents and their dog and, and that kind of a thing. And then the parent gently teaches them, well, maybe you could pray your friend Billy doesn't know Jesus like you do. Maybe you could pray for him. And, and, and one of the things that we fail to do in churches is disciple people beyond that first stage of praying for my needs and then praying for others' needs. It's the most common thing. And, and we're told in Scripture that we should pray about everything, and that's one of the ways we show love uh, to the body. It's part of the body life of a church to be concerned with what our fellow believers are concerned about and so forth. So I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for those things, but what I'm saying is uh, a church should not make them the primary thing that they focus prayer on. There should be a more balanced approach where, yeah, we have times, we have places that those things can be prayed for, and, and maybe sometimes it's, it's a longer segment or it's a short segment of the midweek prayer time or something like that, but we need to move our people beyond those things. We need to add to those things and, and make these kingdom things uh, a priority. I, I think one of the reasons why so many churches aren't growing today is because they don't focus prayer beyond those things. I, I remember uh, teaching in a church one time, a wonderful church, a church of about, but a small church, about 60 people, and they'd been at that number for a long time. And uh, I came in for a couple of nights in the middle of the week and did some uh, teaching, and, and I taught on prayer evangelism the one night. And that church tweaked their midweek prayer time after that, where they started adding, uh, besides just praying for their own people's needs, they started adding uh, praying for some lost people, some neighbors, different things like that. And over the course of the next three months, they saw eight people come to faith in Jesus Christ. And oh, they that's hadn't amazing. seen that years. Mm. And it's a matter of getting people to again be reminded, hey, or, or be taught for the first time, here are some things we can pray about and so forth. And so one of the things we do in equipping is we really develop, try to develop different prayer guides, scripture-based prayer guides, that churches can put in the hands of their people uh, that they can either do together, pray together, or, or on their own, but, but that gives them a handle on praying for, for more things. Mm-hmm. Well, let's step back a little bit and find out more about why prayer is so important to you personally. How did you come to the stage where 
you believed it was important to pour your life into this um, teaching, into this cause of the Church Prayer Leaders Network. Well, that's a, a long, that's a, that's a long <laughs> story, but the biggest thing was I, was I had been a high school English teacher for seven years, mm-hmm. and uh, I miraculously, it was just a, a, obviously a God thing I can't go into, but I left teaching to become the classics editor. Uh, this was like in 1988, so a long time ago, classics editor of a small Christian publishing house in Pennsylvania. But that publishing house at the time owned the rights to almost all the works of a legendary pastor author of the last century, a guy by the name of A.W. Tozer. I and knew the, you were going to say that. I'm from ah, Pennsylvania, by the way, and I used to be part of that church. There you go, church. okay. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the, the first project I had as classics editor was to write a study guide to Tozer's all-time best-selling book, The Pursuit of God. Mm. And I spent the better part of a year. I, I was working on other things, too, but, but I focused on that project for a good year, read that book eight, ten times, and that book is really about hungering after God. And, and it gave me such a hunger for God that it changed how I prayed. Because I had always been, I grew up in the church, my dad was a pastor, I came to faith in Christ when I was like six years old, but I really, I never learned the daily walk with God prayer. I was a crisis prayer, where I think so many believers are. You Mm -hmm. can pray when there's something in your life you need to pray about, or someone you care about, but the everyday stuff is just, just it's beyond us sometimes. And that book gave me such a hunger for God that it just drove me into prayer. And through a long series of of things that happened, I moved up in that company. And a few years later, I was contacted by NAV Press and took a job there uh, as managing editor of Discipleship Journal magazine. And very shortly after I was there, I founded Pray Magazine, which was the first magazine I did on prayer. And uh, that was really, for people like me, a, a struggling believer who knew we wanted to pray more, a struggling prayer who knew I wanted to pray more, but just didn't know how to get over that hump. And so that's what we focused on, trying to disciple believers in the area of prayer. And, and that was the beginning of my journey. And, and after being there for a number of years, I started having churches want me to uh, help them develop prayer. So I started doing prayer weekends and and uh, then Pray Magazine took over uh, what is now the Church Prayer Leaders Network. It, it had been called the National Association of Local Church Prayer Leaders. It had been founded by uh, C. Peter Wagner and uh, Terry Teckel in the mid-1990s. And we took it over, I think, in 2003. Um, and it's just stayed with me. My heart is, because I grew up in the church and and I know churches, so many, they, they know prayer is important. They want to make prayer important. But it's with all the stuff going on, it's just so hard. And that's the area that Satan focuses the most on, on trying, to, trying to keep from happening. And so a lot of churches, I think, just kind of, they, they want it to be on the front burner. But it's, uh, you know, that growth aspect of prayer is, is more back burner. And so we're just here my heart is to try to help them uh, with, in practical ways to, to uh, make prayer more central and help their, uh, the congregation understand the power and purpose of prayer and want to participate in it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's excellent. You um, have certainly walked through different uh, resources that you've 
equipped the church with. And now um, tell us about Prayer Connect magazine a little bit and some of the other resources you have. Okay. Prayer Connect uh, was actually launched uh, after Pray Magazine um, uh, folded. in uh, That folded in 2009. In 2011, we launched Prayer Connect. And it's a similar magazine. It's really focused on there's a theme each issue uh, on one aspect of prayer and then other features in the magazine, usually a prayer guide and things like that. Um, But it's focused on helping uh, prayer leaders and pastors have a tool that they can use to encourage prayer and give them things that they can disciple their people with and so forth. The average believer, it's a good magazine for them to read because it's got great ideas and and a challenge and inspiration in it. It's a quarterly publication. They can, uh, they can go online to our website to see it at prayerleader.com. Uh, they, can, they can see uh, some copies of it and, and uh, so forth if they want to subscribe and, and so on. Um, the other, uh, some of the other resources we have are, are by far our most effective resource right now, our best-selling resource for the last two years, is a, it's really a 30-day prayer guide called uh, Pray the Word for Your Church. It's in book form. It's a 31-day guide that has uh, every day has a scripture-based prayer uh, that you would pray over the life of your, of, of your church. But, but they're prayers that are written a little bit differently. They're, they're designed to try to help the believer learn to pray scripture. So, so they're designed that they pray it, but they add stuff to it. And then there's a, there's a journal in the back where they write down prayer scriptures that God gives them to pray for specific people and ministries in the church. And, and that is having a profound effect in churches that are using it and putting it in the hands of their people. So those kinds of uh, resources you can find at prayerleader.com and at our store, which is prayershop.org. They're also available on, many of these books are available on Amazon and those typical places. But uh, we, we just try to do practical stuff uh, to, help, to help people pray. Okay. And you mentioned scripture-based prayers. I think that's something that we underutilize in the church, yeah. don't you? I do. I do. And yet I think uh, while there's all sorts of methods of prayer and styles of prayer and and, and it's not right and wrong and so forth. But I think by far the one that's most effective is learning to pray God's Word back to Him, learning to pray scriptures. And, and it's, it's not hard to learn to do, um, although if, if you don't have your Bible in front of you if, you, if you haven't learned a lot of scripture, if you're not in the Word, it's kind of hard to do because right. you, need, you, you need something to draw from. But that's a great thing to teach people, great thing to teach people to do. I mean, it, it changes how they pray when they learn to pray Scripture. And there's a power there. God's Word won't return void, the Scripture says. And, and when we pray it, there is a power there. And so it's something that's changing church after church. Yes, and nowadays people have the Bible on an app on their phone oftentimes. So, you know, you could do this at lunch if you want. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Make use of your time throughout the day, right? And and oh. also, when you're praying scripture-based prayers, you're praying in the will of God. That's right. Absolutely. Excellent. And we struggle sometimes to know, well, what should I pray? What is the will of God? Well, we know if we're praying scripture, that is the will of God. So, yep. 
That's right. Amen. Well, um, as we close, would you like to pray for our listeners? I would love to. I would love to. Father, I come to you now, and I just thank you for the people that take time out of their day to listen to these podcasts. I thank you that that uh, Charisma is doing them, and, and there are great resources within them that can help uh, people in their walks uh, with you. But right now, Father, I pray specifically for people in their prayer lives. I pray, Lord, that you would let a grace of prayer fall on the hearts of your people that are listening, that you, Holy Spirit, would rise up within them and and draw them to the place of prayer. Give them a hunger for you, a hunger to want to connect with you. And I I pray that that each one of these people, uh, I pray out of your glorious riches, Lord, that you would strengthen them with power through your spirit in their inner beings. I pray that you, Lord Jesus, would dwell in their hearts through faith. And I pray that they would be rooted and established in love, that they would have power together with all of God's people, that they would grasp how wide and long and high is your love, O Lord Jesus, and that they would know this love that surpasses knowledge. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would fill them to a measure of all the fullness of God. Thank you, Lord. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, John Graff, for being with us today on Charisma Connection. I pray for you and your team at the Church Prayer Leaders Network in Terre Haute and also at Prayer Connect Magazine. You are doing an awesome job for the kingdom, and we thank you for it. Thanks, Chris. I've really enjoyed being on the podcast. We've enjoyed having you. I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us for this visit on Charisma Connection with John Graff of the Church Prayer Leaders Network. Please check out our other shows that talk about prayer and sometimes prophetic prayer at cpnshows.com, cpnshows.com. This episode is brought to you by the ebook Revelatory Combat by Ryan Lestrange. Revelatory Combat is a concise look into the prophetic ministry and the partnership between prophets and apostles. It provides clarity for the battle facing the church in this hour. Ryan Lestrange and Charisma Magazine are proud to offer you a year-long subscription of Charisma Magazine, as well as a download of Revelatory Combat for only $20. If you'd like to take part in this offer, be sure to visit combat.charismamag.com or call 1-800-749-6500 and mention the word combat. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.